I mean, it, listen, we're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. What's up, Sixers fans? We're back, and it's the offseason, and we have not a lot to talk about, but we talking about pods always bringing the hot, the hot content right here. Uh, my name's George. You can find me on Twitter at Georgie the Greek. Uh, I'm here with Darian May at Darian Hoops and Josh Wilson at Josh Wilson FS. What's up, guys? What's, What's up, up, man? Long time no talk. I know we gotta we gotta be better at this. Oh, we should <laughs> we should definitely flame Darian for uh, the the Kendrick the Kendrick thing. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, yeah. Because yeah. we were yeah, supposed to record. Blast. What? Yeah. What was it? Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. So. And then Darian. Darian says. Actually, I'll, yeah, I'll, Darian. I'll, if you want, yeah, if you want to yeah. find yourself. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'll go ahead and just hop on the grenade, real quick. <laughs> so I thought, um, <laughs> the Kendrick concert was that Monday. Uh, so I was like, all right, fellas, I can't, I can't pod. And then I'm reading tweets. And I get a text message like, "Hey, you uh, pregame to at your house tomorrow, right?" I'm like, "No, we're doing the <laughs> we're doing Kendrick tonight, right?" <laughs> He's like, "No, it's tomorrow." Um, so yeah, I mean that happened, and I I blew up a chance at our I, I think I ruined our what three week streak of pod. Yeah, yeah that was on me. See, but but I wasn't mad about that. It, it was just funny because Darian texts us on Tuesday and says, <laughs> "I forgot. I just remembered the concerts tonight." <laughs> Low key though, uh, I looked I looked up like concert area, cause con- like the tour, cause he was coming to Philly. I think, I think in a couple weeks, and I see the date. And I was like, wait a minute, that's tomorrow. But I don't want to. I don't want to say anything. So, yeah, you could thank Darian for our, our uh, elongated delay. My, my apologies. I was dying uh, when that happened. <laughs> since since we last were on, I don't think we talked about summer league. Uh, it's kind of old news right now, but. Uh, we could do a quick overview on on our takes. Um, let's talk about you know let's talk about the main three guys: Markel Fultz, Furkan Korkmaz, and uh, Jonah Bolden. So, Darian, what were your what were your thoughts on each of those summer league performances? Yeah, so I actually got to um, drive up to Vegas. Uh, so I, I caught the first game. Um, I was like two or three rows back from where actually Markel um, rolled his ankle, but. I got to see all those guys in action. I thought, I mean, Markel is what he is. I think he's going to be a dominant scorer. It's, it's crazy actually watching him in person because he's not faster. He can't jump higher. He's not more athletic than anybody else in the court, but he just gets it done. It's kind of, it's kind of odd to watch. Uh, it's very like reminiscent of like how Harden looks to score and how he plays off the PNR top at the top of the key. Um, he just has a like, real herky jerky type kind of game, but. Um, I think Markel, he's 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 he is what he is. He's gonna be a dominant scorer. I think um, we definitely uh, hit the head of the nail um, selecting him. Uh, with Furkan, he has to hit the gym. He looked like he was like a middle schooler on the court, um, and, and, and he, of course he lacked the I guess confidence. Uh, you can kind of see it. He really didn't have a rhythm. Uh, the strength of the game, the speed of the game, uh, the different type caliber of athletes he was going up against. You could tell, kind of had him shook for a little bit, but he came to his own toward the end of the the, um, 
the uh, tournament. Uh, he actually, I think he improved his, his stat line uh, scoring-wise, if I'm not mistaken, uh, via every game. So that was good. And then I was really blown away by Bolden, man. I think he's going to be a, a steal uh, for us. Um, I know he's he's not coming over this, this season, but uh, he was playing out of his mind, and he was able to, you know, really have a, a decent impact both on both sides of the ball, offense and defense. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited about him. He actually reminds me of Rich Ron a little bit more, a little bit more physical, though. Um, so I think the sky's the limit for all three of those guys. Furkan has to hit the gym, though. Didn't uh, didn't Furkan skip out on some tournament to come to Summer League? Yeah, it was... Um... I think it's an under twenty. Um, yeah, I I think it was the under twenty uh, yeah. Euro, which Greece is in the finals for. By the way, <laughs> a nice plug. So, just wanted to shout Greece out. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of impressed that he was like. That's not a huge deal to miss the under twenty tournament, but I was impressed that he's dedicated enough to come over, and you know, show the fans and the you know the coaches what he's got during summer league. That was my t- takeaway with uh, Furkan. It's kind of really disappointing, actually, to see Markel get injured. But hopefully it's, you know, opposite of last year. Simmons was great in summer league and then injured the whole year. So hopefully we got the injury out of the way for Markel. But, yeah, and I had all the same thoughts about uh, Olden. Yeah. I mean, Darian, going back to what you said about Fultz, that Harden-esque type offense, you know, I – when when I when I really when you really study James Harden, it's almost like he's like a predator. He's like setting up for for the offense. You can see it. You can see him just prepare himself. He's not explosive, but he uses he uses his size and uh, just uses great on ball skill moves to get to the rim and finishes well around the rim. Markel Fultz is kind of like a baby version of that right now, and you know he's going to be really exciting to watch. I mean. I think this summer league wasn't anything that blew any of us out of the water, but it was a good good enough summer league where uh, Sixers fans can feel confident about what he'll be. Uh, you know, he didn't have the flashiness of Lonzo Ball, who had a stellar summer league. Before. He was MVP of the summer league, right? Yeah. For Las Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. So he didn't stand out like that, or like Jason Tatum did early on. But you know, it was good enough. Uh, until he rolled his ankle for me to say, you know, the Sixers really nailed nailed this draft pick and nailed the trade to, to get this kid. Um, Furkan Korkmaz, I mean, I was just, by the end of Summer League, I, just be, I was really high on him. Uh, and it's not because he does anything particularly well. He, he, did, he shot decent from the outside uh, near the end of Summer League. But it's just his form. Like, it's just... It's it's pure. Like I mean, that I've never seen such a such great form on a 19 year old kid uh, playing in his first NBA level competition. He, he and from anywhere too, and he's quick with it. Yeah. There's obviously obviously a lot he needs to work on, but you know that's a promising that's a promising player uh, that could you know that could see some like hot shooting games this season uh, off the bench if he gets that opportunity. Oh, definitely. Uh, Jonah Bolt. Jonah Bolden's my uh, was my favorite player to watch in summer league, and I think that goes for most Sixers fans, uh, especially after Fultz went down with the in- injury. Uh, but Bolden, he's able to hit the three. He's a combo forward. Uh, he can play defense and just any almost anywhere. You know, he when he gets a steal, he can push it in transition. He's he's a very able passer for a guy his size. He's like one of those guys I could see playing. F- 
you know, the the three to the five uh, when he comes over next season. He did sign with Maccabi Tel Aviv, uh, which I love. Uh, he was originally going to sign with uh, someone in the Adriatic League. I can't remember the team name, but basically the difference between the Adriatic League and uh, playing for Maccabi Tel Aviv is such a huge jump, and that just shows you how good of a summer league he had. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on him signing over there? You, you think it's a good career move, and you think it was right for the Sixers to stash him, or should they have pushed to open up a roster spot for him this year? I mean, I like it personally. I think um, he got a taste of the NBA a little bit. Uh, he can take back from, from what he uh, was able to gather in summer league and apply it to to where he's at. Um, and just given you know the situation, we don't know what Jalil's doing this season. We don't know. Uh, we, we brought in Amir. Uh, we have Dario. Ben's healthy. Um, Rashawn's down there. So you, you got Embiid. So it's kind of you don't want to create another logjam. Um, and then um, we just don't know with the two-way contracts. We don't want to bog that down as well because I'm sure Farrakhan's going to be very familiar with the G League. And you want to keep the other one floating. I'm not sure. Do we? Do we have? Do we make a another uh, signing for for the another the second one, or is this just for a con for now? Uh, for the two for the two way contracts. Oh, two way. Yeah. I don't. I don't think they signed him to the two way. Oh, okay. I don't think Furkan's eligible because I thought you had to be second rounder undrafted for it. Yeah. Right. Right. It wasn't right, Furkan yeah, so. late first. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they signed. I don't think they signed any two way contract players yet. Okay. Well, I mean, just given. That he wouldn't be giving that much exposure on, on, on our team right now. I think it's a good good play, a good ploy for him, and he'll come over next year. Um, Amir's only on a one, on a one deal. Jalil's probably on his way out, so uh, he'll be more mature um, and, and NBA ready. So I like it. Yeah, I think it makes a ton of sense for both sides because uh, Bolden can go overseas now, probably be much more comfortable. Uh, you know, kind of ride things out till the Sixers are ready. Um, he, he had a really good summer league, so he's obviously, you know, a positive in the minds of the Sixers right now. Uh, and the team can, you know, they gave up not a ton for Markel as far as draft picks, but they gave up enough where you might want to start thinking about prospects for the future to put underneath this core. And I think Bolden can be, you know, definitely one of those, especially since they brought Furkan over because he was the one that I was like, oh, they should keep him stashed because of giving away those picks but or not giving away but trading those picks and bolding can be that now he can be you know someone you have in, in your back pocket for later a lot of people were were pulling for bolden over okafor uh i i mean if you, you if know, you can do that it's it's great but that's not possible <laughs> right like listen if you cut if they were to cut okafor and put bolden on um you know there's just questions like, is it really that much of a loss? But at the same time, Okafor is coming off. It should be completely healthy, you know, after pretty much spending, uh, you know, over a, just a full season pretty much trying to nurse his knee injury, uh, missing games here and there, icing his knees on the bench. So, you know, maybe Okafor is healthy this year, and, you know, maybe the Sixers front office wants to give it another shot to see if he could produce anything off the bench. Um what are your thoughts on on his role this year? And you know, is he still gonna be? Is he gonna return to that that rookie season form, or is we're we gonna see more of the same of last year, uh, and where he was actually not an, as efficient as he was his rookie year, um, and just you know, the more the, the whatever we get from Okafor, whatever we know, the the no rebounding, the <laughs> the uh, the lack of defense. Uh, 
the unwillingness to pass. What, what are you? What are you? What are your thoughts on Okafor this year? Um, so I, I think that this is a big year for him. Clearly, um, did a log jam down there. He's oddly enough, I, I looked it up. He's only he's never played more than fifty five games um, in any season. He's been uh, been in the NBA, so I think he knows that he has to prove his worth at this point. Uh, so I think we're, we're going to see a different Jalil this year. Hopefully, I mean, I, if anybody wears is donning a seventy six jersey, I'm going to root for him. I'm not part of the, the crowd who's going to, of course, like. You know, he, he catches a lot of heat, which is warranted, but I, I still want to see the kid play well if he's playing for our team. Uh, and if he can't play well, this uh, can be an audition. Or if he can play well, this can be an audition of sorts for him for the rest of the NBA. Um, it's going to be different, though, because, uh, you know, his rookie year, I don't think we're going to see that that, that jaw again because, of course, he was the, the main focal point uh, for our offense, so we, we won't see that this year. Um, we saw a lot of experimentation in, in with his role last year, playing the four, playing the five alongside Nerlens, alongside Joel. So I think this is going to be another. This is going to be a year that we, we're going to see a brand new Jalil. He slimmed down a lot, cut his hair. Seems to be a little bit motivated. Um, so um, we'll see. And, and he's around some talented cats now this year, and um, that might change and change him for the better. So we'll see. It's, it's a toss up. Yeah, I I can't imagine his confidence is doing real well right now after last season. Just devastating to go through that whole trade bullcrap with the team basically saying they were going to trade him and then not trading him yeah uh i don't i just don't see any way that he's going to have a good year i think he's pretty much going to ride out this rookie deal on the sixers not get traded and then get a really bad low maybe minimum contract after this one but yeah i don't think he's going to be great this year i have very low expectations so he could definitely easily break them (laughs) <laughs> I I I want what Darian said, but I'm expecting what Josh said and I don't know. I've I've been a guy who's been high on Okafor since high school. Uh you can check out some of my awesome takes where I thought he should be the number one pick over Carl Towns. Uh that those tweets aged real well. Um but yeah, we were both I mean, really wrong on this podcast for a while. Like we rode <laughs> oh, the yeah, Okafor yeah. train for about a about a season. Probably about until listen, Darian came on. <laughs> listen, the dude. I saved the ratings. The dude, the dude, <laughs> the dude catches some unnecessary, or not unnecessary heat, which over exaggerated heat. Oh, de- I would say. No, definitely. Yeah, over exaggerated. He's a bad player. He plays terrible defense. He he's his rebounding it, it fluctuates. He doesn't give a lot of effort. Like we know that, but the way Sixers Twitter grinds that into the yeah. to the ground is uh, like we'd be better off without that that narrative and just. Letting him start basically, start anew. Basically, what's frustrating is, you know, you you look at a team that has Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, Dario Saric, uh, Markel Fultz, and yet for some reason the attention seems to go on Jaleel Okafor on a negative in a negative light. You know, I'm, why why can't Philadelphians just be happy? They can't. I, I mean, there's I, I guess it's just in the DNA. Like, it's, <laughs> I don't know. They have to. Have, yeah, I think at this point you have to have, be able to cling onto something that's reminiscent of the four years you hated everything, and I think that's uh, Jaleel is an easy target. All right, so keep Jaleel on the Sixers just to have some negative turn on them. <laughs> right, can't all be good. <laughs> what else? Did, what else did we fail to cover in our, in our hiatus? Uh, let's see here. Oh, a quick thing on Furcon. I think 
like you said, he has a smooth stroke. I think if, if he can, I guess, mature and, and become like a uh, like like a athletic Bellinelli of sorts for this core, I think. I mean, and that's at the least, you know. I think that's a a good place for him along these guys. Um, he'll be under the tutelage of one of the greatest three point shooters of all time, which can't hurt his development either. Um, also, what do you what do you see him playing the two spot or the three spot? Given TLC right. and um, and Bayless, and you know he's gonna he's gonna float back and forth between the G League. But I, what, at the end, when it's all said and done, where do you think he's gonna be most comfortable? It's got to be the two. I mean, I I just can't see him at the three. I really can't. I just don't think he's like he'll just be able to handle that kind of physicality on the wing. Yeah. Um, I what I do like about him, uh, beyond his shooting stroke, is just he moves really well off the ball. Uh, and not even just in catch and shoot opportunities, uh, he he cuts really well uh, from the wing, uh, which could which could put him at the three in smaller lineups. But honestly, I really don't love seeing him, TLC, and Bayless in a lineup. Um, you know, I I would feel more comfortable if it had that if they had that Ben Simmons uh, factor where you know you could put a six ten guy at running the point. Um, with TLC and Furk on out there, maybe like a Covington and then Embiid. But you really need some staples on defense if you're going to play TLC, who's not, a, who's not a terrible defender, but, you know, he's still raw on that end. And uh, after his summer league. Yeah, yeah. You know. And, yeah, and uh, TLC, I think he had a decent summer league. I'd lo- I would have loved to see him be a little bit more aggressive, given he's a sophomore player. Um, he's been there, done that. He, he, hit, he took and hit some big shots uh, here and there. But I, I wanted to see him, you know, kind of just turn the green light on. Just buy him. maybe that's not his game. So I don't know. It didn't really. It was a real disappointment considering how well he played in the last half of the last season. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. It was a. It, it was. It wasn't the prettiest performance. Um, I, I think he he got hurt, right? He got injured in. Oh in man, my heart. Uh, just imagine sitting sideline. You drove four hours from Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> to see Markel Fultz and TLC, and they took each other out in the same play. <laughs> and I, I, I was jawjacking at least for like 15 minutes with a bunch of LA fans, and then they just turn around like the whole row and just like stare me in my eyes. I'm just like, man, I don't know what to say. I don't want to tell you guys. <laughs> <laughs> take that L. Take that L. <laughs> I just shook my head. Uh, All right. Um, speaking of LA, I got one more question for you guys. I don't think we ever. Dis- yeah. I don't think we ever discussed it. What are your thoughts on? The LeVar Ball and Embiid thing. Oh, yeah. We're, uh, Le- it's just we're the beef LeVar that's, like, Ball. steadily growing and getting worse and worse every day, I feel like. Yeah, that – I don't know. I mean, honestly, like, it just feeds fuel to, to LeVar Ball and his and his mission. Yeah. Um, for Joel Embiid, like, I don't know. Like, some people are like, oh, I don't know why he's talking because he never played – Dude, that's his. That's his. That's his thing. That's his mo. That's what makes him great. That's what makes him such a likable player. Is, you know, he, he takes the social media and he just shares his mind. You know, and yeah. it's funny. It's funny. It, he hasn't done it in a harmful way. Uh, but, yeah, I, I don't know. I I love this feud. I think it's. I think it's gonna be, the stepping stone to the actual on court rivalry, that they have. I'm interested to see what so. jo- what Josh is about to say. I just, <laughs> I'm just so sick of hearing about Lamar Ball, man. Like, but at the same time, like, 
if they have a reality show, I'm going to watch it, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it's, like uh, it's just, I don't know. I I don't care about Joel saying all that on social media. Like, if he's got the money to cough up for the fine and he wants to say stuff like that, like, do it up. I don't care. But, it, I don't know. I'm just so sick of, like, NBA parents getting involved with their kids' <laughs> basketball where, I mean... Ball hasn't even played a game of real NBA regular season basketball, so yeah. Josh coming in with Josh, the youngest co-host, coming in with the grandpa take. I like it. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, I think this is gonna be good. Like, I, I'm loving the the little beef that's going on between social media right now with the Sixers, Lakers, and the Bucks. Yeah. I I think it's I think it's just gonna be fun. Like, these are three exciting young teams, and. Uh, at some point they're going to be near the top of the league and they're going to be battling each other for the most prized possession every organization wants. So yeah. why not start it now? Yeah, I, I think I, it's awesome. you know me. I, I love it. I love controversy. Um, I think they, I they, play, they play right into each other extremely well. I mean, Joel is who he is. He he tweets what he wants without wanting to uh, adhere to the consequences. And then LeVar is – Whatever you want to call it, he's a marketing genius of some sorts because we all know about him. People talk about him every day. Um, so, I mean, they use each other pretty well in that scenario. And I, I couldn't care less. I think um, it's good for the city. It's good for the team to have a little chip on the shoulder, even they already did it or already had one. Uh, Markel has a chip on his shoulder now because Alonzo's getting all the attention. He rolled his ankle. They're calling him injury prone already. Um, and then, you know, Dario's chippy anyway. So I think we're, going to, we're in for a fun season with these young cats. Yeah, uh, guys. What? Sorry. Go ahead, George. Nah, go ahead, Josh. I was gonna switch topics. So if you got something, nah, switch it up. All right. I was gonna ask, what do you guys think the actual chances are of LeBron coming to Philadelphia? Ooh. Uh, I, I, if you asked Attitude. me this last week, I would have. Yeah, yeah. I would say, go ahead, George. It changed from. If you would yeah. ask me that last week, it's yeah. changed. If you asked me that a week ago, I would say zero percent. You're insane. Uh, everything you're saying is stupid. And don't ever talk to me again. But <laughs> I'm going to raise that up to 25%. That's high. Just 25% chance, man. It's a quarter of a I, chance. I would say I 15 right now. I would say 25 just because if he leaves, where where else do you see him going? He, like, Why would he go west? There's no point. Why? Why would he go west? Right. Why would he go to the most diff- more difficult conference? Yeah, he'll get slapped unless in the finals, he, in the conference unless finals. He wants, unless he wants that Lakers lust kind of thing. But, I like, who else? Like, I guess it's kind of who else is a better option I that can afford him. I don't think he's leaving, but I people say, like, oh, he wants to go to L.A. because he's got a house out there, which I think is the stupidest, like... Yeah, it's LeBron dumb. James probably has houses in every city. Exactly. Now. Come on. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's a dumb narrative. Um, uh, I don't know. I think I'd give it, like... I, I'd teeter between two of you guys. Let's, let's go with 18, just Will of Fortune, that thing, real quick. Wow. <laughs> Price is right in that. Price is right. Um, I don't know, man. It, he's, just, he's, been come, he's become really flirty with... With our players the last like couple days, yeah. and I don't know if he's just you know he might he just might be playing to us a little bit and just think he thinks it's funny he's bored he's probably just sipping wine on a on a yacht somewhere yeah yeah maybe he just I don't know and then you have Markel Snapchat and LeBron that he's practicing in his shoes and you know Joel has been recruiting him since 2014 and then 
Ben Simmons is his, like his 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 uh, long lost son. So it's, it's it. I mean, it's only tea leaves. It could happen. Um, it's just Listen, it's it's it's, I mean, it's it's dependent upon what Colangelo wants to do. If he wants to pay him, he wants to rent him for a year. I wouldn't be against it. I mean, oh, I'd we, love it. We'd have those. I got. How could you be against it? How could you be against it? I'm sure well, you guys saw me. Uh, I got into it with a bunch of people who were. They had a few takes. I won't say any names. About <laughs> uh, they would prefer to win. I've never heard this organically um, with our team as opposed to signing LeBron and, and getting uh, a mercenary for hire is what they called it, which is I think the are you the, kidding me? The dumbest shit ever. What? Yeah. If if you've got a chance to to sign LeBron, no matter what the circumstances, you you do it. Bro, right, bro, we, let's, we let's, just let's talk we about lost this. 400 games in four years. Let's talk about this. All right. The Philadelphia Eagles. All right. <laughs> they are three players away from the Super Bowl, I assume. Tom Brady is a free agent. 42-year-old Tom Brady. He wants to come to Philly for a year. Are you going to say no because Carson Wentz is still developing? Hell no. <laughs> it's the greatest player. He's the greatest player. If I were an Eagles LeBron fan, James, I would take... 50-year-old Tom Brady. <laughs> LeBron yeah, James. Throwing 50, 50 uh, touchdowns a season yeah. for like five more years. LeBron James is the best player in this league right now. And if you sit there and try to tell me that you wouldn't want the best player in the league to join you without having to trade anything. Bro, so I don't we know. just I don't set know. the record for the most consecutive losses <laughs> for American yeah. sports yeah. history. I'm just trying to figure out what kind of like did the tanking bring on this type of mental illness or <laughs> what Honestly. what kind of brought that line of thinking along cuz I don't understand why people would be like no you know what I'm cool with the 500 losses I want to do it on our own I don't what the pro- I mean the process I, I, is a, the process is a recreational drug and some people have overdosed unfortunately yeah I put my I, pipe down a long time ago I yeah. see the mentality where some people are like like compared to Donald Trump, some people are like, "Oh, he was like he made his fortune off a million dollars he was given. Like, wouldn't you rather earn that million dollars? Like, no. If I can, if someone's gonna give me a million dollars, I'm gonna take that and hopefully turn it into more money. Secure the bag. One hundred percent. I don't <laughs> yes. care how we win or who we do it with. We haven't won since '83. The the city has one ring since '83. The Phillies, right in 2008. And these mm-hmm. are Eagles fans chirping like, "No, I'm cool." We don't need him. Just keep LeBron. Lunch pail mentality. Blah de blah de blah. That's why we have no rings. That's why we put would, we hang our hat on NFL championships that happened in 1960. They say that, but he would actually be like the greatest thing to happen to this city in a long time. Easily. What honestly? Think about the optics though that LeBron would have going at this. Um, you know, when if he if this does happen, obviously this is hypotheticals. LeBron James joins the Sixers and they win the championship. Right. Okay. Think about the optics here. Right. LeBron James goes to a team who hasn't had a winning season. We don't know what's going on uh, this upcoming season, but assume we're under five five hundred la- next season. He goes to a team with four with what four or five consecutive uh, sub five hundred seasons. Uh, hasn't haven't made the playoffs in four seasons. And then he just leads them to a championship, you know, leads a bunch of young kids to a championship. 
the optics is there, you know, to add to his his uh, his greatness, his mystique. Yeah. I think it's great. I mean, he he went to Miami. Miami wasn't great. Miami was pretty mediocre for several years. Immediately turned them into a contender. Comes back to Cleveland. They're trash. Turns them into a contender. Goes to Philly. They're, <laughs> they're trash. trash. <laughs> turns them into a contender. <laughs> funny, funny enough, that's literally. I mean, did you guys get a chance to listen to JJ's uh, podcast? No. Not yet. No. You should, man. And that's literally what he he kind of signed up for. You know, he turned all that money down in in, in Houston. He was like, I I think I'm at a point in time in my career where I want to, you know, take on that mentorship, that leadership type role. And even though LeBron has kind of done that, he didn't do it as much in Miami as just making players better. Um, he did it with Kyrie, but that's about it. He's never had to really lead a bunch of young guys and kind of elevate their game. So that's something he he hasn't, you know, that's not on his resume, as like uh, to your point. Um, yeah. And then, he, you know, he has a relationship with Ben, um, Rich Paul. Um, so... I'm all for it. What would, what would that starting lineup be, hypothetically speaking? LeBron James and just throw in everyone else. <laughs> yeah, four four random guys every night. Just pick them out of the hat. Listen, you know how, first of all, think about how deadly this is. You have Ben Simmons and LeBron who offensively are so versatile that you can pretty much flip them up wherever you want positionally. Um, defensively, we don't know what Ben Simmons is, but, of course, LeBron James can just guard anything that's on the court. Um Joel Embiid is your is just your stud at center, uh, so I would expect you have LeBron or Simmons at three or four. Uh, you have Markel Fultz and I don't know, throw in another guy there. Yeah, honestly, I say you put Ben Simmons on the in the second unit. Oh, you're wilding. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I I listen. I would have I don't care. I'm all down for LeBron Simmons passing like 40 billion times to each other. Just going back and forth. Yeah, it's like that. Uh, what was it? Uh, semi-pro. Just three-man weave the whole game. They could actually just do like those full-court football passes that LeBron does yeah. like a couple times a year. They could just do that the whole game. They both the have arms for it. I mean, honestly. Oh, but, yeah. real quick. What are your um, your thoughts on? So, oh yeah, you guys haven't listened yet. So JJ. He said he's not opposed, and it's actually something he wants to do. He wants to retire in Philadelphia. Yeah. Really? Would you be a, yeah. Would you be opposed to keeping I mean, he him can around wherever he wants, and well. you know, paying him Listen, to retire he here? Takes that, if he takes that fifty million dollar pay cut next season, I'm all for it. But <laughs> I wouldn't be. I wouldn't see him not. I mean, he's he just secured the bag. So I mean, yeah. what, he doesn't need any more money. Um, if he he likes. The, guy, the group of guys is around and he's coaching these kids up and he you know takes a liking to them I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt it I mean that it's, it's kind of more kind of more financial security if you can get like at this stage in his career if he can get a long deal for less money per year because mm-hmm. I mean he probably knows he's like physically not going to be there four or five years from now but if he can for sure get that money four or five years from now even if it's less than what he's making now it could be a really good option for him and I think that listen, Reddick's a smart guy, and he's a he's think, really really intelligent. Yeah. What school did he and go I, to? I think Duke. Okay. <laughs> Just to remind everyone. But uh, yeah. So what I what I think I think he took this one year this huge one year deal on purpose. He skipped out. I think this is five million more than he was offered, uh, from L.A. and Houston. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So he took that one year with more money, and I'm sure he expects. To take that huge pay cut, but I, I'm not opposed to him to him staying here. 
Bless you. Funny enough, uh, Calangelo actually mentioned like um, just like the perks to a, a front loader deal like that. Um, of course, Calangelo would love to keep him around, but he also hinted at you know giving him opportunities to coach in the future and and, and be in the, in the front office. And of course, like everybody, like you're blind if you don't see that in JJ Reddick's future. And I think um, that kind of tip the scale, if you will, in regards to um, his decision as well. He might not have admitted it, but I'm sure it he, did. He could be basically what Jawan Howard was for the Heat. Jawan had like one or two playing seasons with that crew, and then they transitioned him to be like a coach. And he, JJ could kind of fill into that. Isn't that what we did with um, with Brand? Is he, is he still on staff? Yeah, he's on staff somewhere, but he's not around a whole lot. He only comes around like no once or twice a year. Right. Okay. I I also think that if you look at just the way the rest of the Eastern Conference played out, he did say being near Brooklyn is what it's what's important to him. His wife. Brooklyn just Brooklyn just traded for Alan Crabb. They had they took on Timofey Mozgov's contract. They also took on uh Damari Carroll's contract. Uh so, you know, it's not that they're cash strapped, but they might not want to invest money into a guy like Reddick who doesn't fit their timeline. Yeah. Uh the Knicks I mean, they're just a mess uh, financially and roster-wise. I mean, they they shelled out a lot of money to Tim Hardaway Jr. Um, They still have that Noah contract. (laughs) So, I mean, I think J.J. Redick will look back and look at the rest of the scenarios in the league and figure, you know, if he could become – if he could take that pay cut, he could still be playing for a competitive team that reaches the playoffs – you know where he can spend the rest of his career or you know or he can spend the rest of his best years and then finish off somewhere else but i think long term jj reddick's here to stay uh, as long as the money the money situation uh suits suits both parties definitely i think it makes Darian, sense yeah uh what's called a jago too <laughs> Uh, somewhere in Chicago. Yeah. That's yes. what <laughs> <laughs> I think it was um, a, <laughs> didn't he? But did he, he went to uh, the same same high school as uh, Derrick Rose, right? I think so. Simeon or something like that. It's Jabari Parker, all know. those all those kids. Yeah, Jabari Parker. I know it was definitely one of them. They got something in the water there that like hurts your knees or something. That was a low blow. Right, right at the jugular there. Wow. <laughs> I thought we were friends. But um. All right, let's, let's answer. We I think we got like two or three questions. Um, our friend Andy at Sixers and Six, you got to start, bench, or cut. Furcon, TLC, Jonah Bolden. This is tough. Yeah, that is tough. <laughs> um, Can you say the start, names again? Start, bench, cut, TLC, Furcon. Start, bench, cut, Furcon, TLC, Jonah Bolden. Start, TLC. Uh... This is where it's hard, right? <laughs> well, Once you it, get down to two, it's can, impossible. Can you cut Bolden and bring him back, like stash him? <laughs> no. There's no stash option? No, no uh, you can't get out of this. Bench for con. Bench for con and cutting Bolden. All right. Yeah. Going with the gods. I also start. have been informed that I have to answer all the questions this week. Yes, that is true. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm starting TLC. I'm cutting Furcon and benching Bolden. On it, honestly, 
I don't know. Like, it's such a toss-up, but I agree. I start with TLC. I think I'm cutting Furcon, too. But it's going to hurt seeing that shooting go. Yeah, yeah, that would hurt. Uh, I, I think it's just Bolden, Bolden being able to shoot and then being versatile on defense as well is what gives me the edge. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, there, I don't think there's a wrong answer there. Yeah. I'd say TLC has a, a higher defensive ceiling than Furcon. Yeah. I think that's pretty I, fair. Yeah, I think the only thing there is, like, I couldn't see anyone cutting TLC. No. I don't think that's yeah. the right answer. Yeah, I guess I'd agree with that. Um, I think we have one more if I could find it. Um, let's see. We, we really came prepared for this. Uh, some I remember someone did ask where the best seat to watch, an average Joe to watch uh, at the Wells Fargo Center. Right. Uh, let me find the username. You George guys, is about to plug can... his season tickets so he can resell them. Honestly, <laughs> you, his seats, your, your seats are pretty good, George. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, ha- I found uh, it the... at Heffy yeah. underscore eight four three. Where the best seats for average Joe at Wells Fargo, considering price and view. That's tricky because those prices are about to skyrocket. Uh, yeah, but they're going to be honestly. about the same. Like compare, like all of them are probably going to go up about the same rate. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, I, I. I think there's a lot of good seats in in the Wells Fargo Center, but like Josh said, I'm not. I'm about to plug my section, but um, <laughs> I'm in section C212 where it's the second the second level, uh, but it's right at center court. Honestly, I love that um, because you're not too far up, if, and uh, you're right in the middle of everything. You're seeing all the action, so yeah. I don't know if you're in the if you're in the upper if you're in the upper deck, you can still see some good seats. Um, and you're not shelling out that that lower level money, so it's pretty good. Uh, if you just go any of the sections, the C two two twelve or two t- or two eleven sections, and I think the opposite side, C two sixteen, they're they're good. I think so. I sat in Georgia's seats a couple times, and those are really those are probably the best no, quote unquote nosebleed ones. Um, I have sat on the risers a few times which is basically the like behind the basket those are awful those are the cheapest inner like lower bowl tickets but they're they're a terrible view you still get like a good feel for the game and it's like it's more intense down there um but if you've got the money you should try and get lower bowl as close to the center as possible but if you're saving money definitely what george just said those those seats are pretty nice i wouldn't go corners in the upper bowl though because then you're just completely screwed. Yeah, I agree. Darren, you can get a box, though. Yeah, a, couple, a few times. I used to go all the time when I uh, was in D.C. You should try to pull my right. fan card on, on the pod, bro. <laughs> no, no, no. I was just wondering because I know you're, you're, you're a West Coast. Do you even uh, Wells Fargo, bro? Do you even Fargo, bro? If if you if you sit on the, the risers, though, you often sit behind some interesting characters because that's typically where – player family sit if they're gonna sit near the court yeah. and also scott o'neill sits they don't sit on the risers but they sit in the section on the court in front of the risers so and you're if you want to get close to the sixers bench without having to pay for being directly behind it find the risers that are like diagonal to it and you get pretty close to the bench i got to sit behind um man his, his last name or his first name well Josh's dad like two or three times um, and he's a character. Yeah, that's he, that's he, who I was he, talking about when I was saying sit behind interesting people. <laughs> actually, yeah, I think uh, he's intense. Yeah, I'm a big fan of of sitting up 
up in the nosebleeds too, just because you get the, you really get the real Phil, not the real Philly fans, but you get the real Philadelphians. <laughs> no, no, wrong. Are, I, I sat really close to, um, in summer league, and when I watch games, like I watch the game, I'm in, like I'm, I'm in there, I'm all, I'm locked in. You know, I, I drop a couple f bombs here and there, or whatever. And my wife is like, "Yo, chill out." I'm like, "This is how I watch the basketball. I don't know what else to tell you." So I probably do. I need to start investing in um, some nosebleed seats so I can be, I can, so I can feel at home. You can be at home, yeah, for sure. Uh, but I think we got one more question. This one's a good one. Yeah. Uh, oh wait, no, we got two more questions actually. Uh, this one is um, from he at Heath Feynman. Talk about why Dario should and will come off the bench. What does JJ slash Cove provide that Dario wouldn't? Um, yeah, so I think that's pretty easy. Um, Dario's a terrible perimeter defender. Um, we've seen him get blended time and time again. I, I'm actually having nightmares and flashbacks of him getting switched <laughs> on to James Harden um, during that, that, oh, that last game and beat played Continuously. In. Yeah. And, Continuously. And one, for whatever reason, Brett didn't. <laughs> making any adjustments and Dario bless his heart just got destroyed again again and again so there's that and then I think but to his point I think there's a, a good chance he can be our, our, our best uh, offensive facilitator with the second unit um, and then of course we need Rocco's uh, perimeter defense which is top five top five top five so yeah I think Cubs defense is what what puts him in the starting lineup, especially next to Ben Simmons. Um, I really don't like Sarich and Simmons, um, you know, at the three and four. I would I wouldn't mind it if one of them's playing the small small ball center, and you just have a bunch of defensive wings in there. But yeah, I, and that's not a knock on Sarich. No, just, that's like that's more of a compliment saying that he could be the first option off the off the bench. Yeah, uh, scoring wise. Yeah, I think. He was kind of Dario was kind of thrown to the wolves last season, and he did a pretty he did a pretty good job, uh, like all things considered throughout the whole season. But I think he's gonna grow a lot more if he's in the second unit moving forward. And um, that essentially that second unit were our starters down the stretch for like the last like month. So mm-hmm. I think we'll see that these guys um, really know each other, got the gel uh, rather rather well. Um, and they might click a little bit faster than our first unit does because our first unit is kind of getting thrown to the fire, fire this year. They they never played with each other. Second unit is going to be Holmes, Dario, uh, what, TLC, TJ, and um, what maybe Anderson. Um, and they they were star- our starters down down the stretch for like the last month and a half. Um, so they're going to I think they're yeah. going to uh, play extremely well together. And you can't build a title team without you know a strong second unit. We act like. You know, Dario has to be in the you know the starting five a lot of the time, but that's not necessarily true. We got to build that second unit up because that's ultimately sometimes what wins those big games. Yeah. All right, our last one from our friend Sean Rogers at uh, T A I R Y Green. Sean actually cr- uh, created our new logo, um, so we're very grateful for that. It's it looks so much better than the other one. I love it. Uh, and we we look professional AF right now. <laughs> even though we're just three idiots talking basketball. <laughs> so, first of all, thanks to Sean. Uh, make sure you give him a follow. Again, at Terry Green. Uh, he asked the question, based solely on summer league performances, redraft this year's lottery 1-14. to 14. Does anything change? 
So let's go with uh, the, f the top one. Um, you still taking Fultz at one after Summer League? Yeah. Josh? Yeah, I mean, I guess if you're doing it based off of Summer League, we didn't really see a whole lot of him, so. Yeah, but, I mean, we like saw if enough still... of him. Like, are you solidified? Is it solidified in your mind that he can be the best player in this draft? Yes. Okay. So I would say yes, too. Um, I would also say yes to Lonzo Ball at the Laker, with the Lakers. Correct. Um, Jason Tatum at three, you know. I, I liked Josh Jackson coming in the draft, but summer league-wise, you got to pick Tatum. Mm -hmm. um, it's so funny, though. Then, a lot of Sixers Twitter is really, really low on Jason. Um, they're, like, oh af afraid to give. Always. Yeah, they were afraid to just say he could potentially be a decent NBA player. Like, they were extremely low on him. And uh, what school did he go to? <laughs> I don't know, uh, North Carolina. Yeah, somewhere, somewhere down there. <laughs> but, I mean, other than that, you go through the, the top 14. Um, I think everyone's pretty much set, except Donovan Mitchell. I'm, no, well, I'm, taking, I'm taking Dennis at six. Oh, yeah. Also, yeah, first of all, Dennis Smith and Frank, Del Frank Tilkina didn't even play a game in Summer League. Uh, but I think at eight, the Knicks really messed up right there. Like, I oh, thought yeah. Dennis Smith was the perfect. Don't regret that perfect guy to kind of rejuvenate this uh this rebuild and said they they took a chance on you know a long-term project which could pan out you know but um I, I think smith was really the guy to step in right away and bring excitement back to new york uh especially after this whole phil jackson blunder who <laughs> who might have went out you know screwing the knicks a little bit more with this dokina pick which would be awesomely hilarious yeah typical knicks yeah, but also I would have Donovan Mitchell in the top ten because I, I had him in the top ten pre-draft, and that kid is just—he's going to be good. Would you flip him with Zach Collins? Um, I would probably. Honestly, I'm going to be honest with you. I had him top eight in the draft. So. So I I mean I I wasn't big on Laurie Markinen. I know you were you you were a little higher on him, uh, pre-draft, but. I would probably have him somewhere still in the top eight. Uh, definitely push Telkina out, Smith in, and probably push Markin in. And even though I love Jonathan Isaac, and I think he has potential, I'd push him out of the top eight in favor of Mitchell. Yeah, no, uh, Mitchell would Mitchell would be perfect right now in Chicago. They literally have nobody at the two or or one or the three or the anyway. or the four or the five. So <laughs> <laughs> they, they could uh, they could have used a guy like Mitchell. Man, he's a he's a he's a freak of nature. I saw got to see him in, in Vegas. He jump out the freaking gym. Yeah, I was I was excited about you know I don't know if the rumors held true, but when there used to be talks about trading three for five and ten. Yeah, really, really excited at the chance to draft a guard and then Mitchell as well, uh, just because I thought Mitchell and Simmons together would be, you know, just dynamite on the perimeter. And obviously, I'm 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 really satisfied with Markel Fultz. But yeah, Mitchell's Mitchell's a guy where me and and my boy Chris Christopher Klein at Sixer Sense, me and him were both really high on him. So right now we're riding the wave of being correct for now. <laughs> I think if we had gone, if we had ended up pulling the trigger, or even getting a deal for five and ten, I think we would went, um, maybe Fox and then yeah Mitchell or, or Monk. Which well, uh, assuming the Kings took Fox at three. Right. Oh right, 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 right. So maybe even Dennis Smith then. Yeah. 
which I would not have uh, been angry with. Josh, you're not getting out of this question, man. Anything you would change in the lottery? No. <laughs> Based on not, some. I mean, not anything more than you guys already have gone back and forth with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, and it's again, it is summer league, so we've seen we've seen some bad players have great summer league performances, and some good players have some bad summer league performances. Yes. So it's all up in the air. It's that's the thing with summer league. I can't remember who I saw tweet it, but they said like, if if a player is bad in summer league, it's just summer league. If a player is good in summer league, <laughs> yeah, like I forget what they said. I think it was Jim. Jim. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually, yeah, I think it was. He was like, um, if they if they really if they play terribly, ignore it. If they play really well, brag about it. Yeah, yeah. it's the it's the, yeah, it's always like that every year, but it's just how it's gonna be. Right. All right. This is this is what I'm. I was excited about the whole podcast. This is a superhero edition. <laughs> Are we talking about? Podcasts? I thought we were gonna open with this. So I was. I thought we were gonna open with it too, but I figured we get Sixers talk out of the way. All right. Darian and Josh love to slander Batman. All right, so, like, I, I let's hear this. I, I grew up loving Batman. All right, like the Christopher okay. Nolan Batman movies. Still think those are great films, but just the way I view Batman now is completely different. This all started. I was listening to. I've plugged this on a few times on this podcast. The brilliant. This is Ben Affleck, podcast. isn't it? It's because of Ben Affleck. I mean, that's a whole other thing that I just like can't deal with. Uh, but no, it's not because of that. Uh. So the Brilliant Idiots podcast is Charlemagne the God and Andrew Schultz. It's a really hilarious podcast, really not PC, politically correct at all. Um, but they were saying on there, Batman's only true superpower is white privilege. And it's it's like 100% true. He has It, it is, though. It really is. That's what I was getting at. If you it's... think about it, when they break it down... It's like, okay, he's a billionaire, he's 1%. He's probably not... If he really wants to help Gotham, he's probably distribute that freaking wealth um, and not practice karate and beat a um, mental, uh, mentally ill, quote-unquote, villains. Nobody he beats up goes to jail. They all go to the, an insane asylum. They get released yeah. and he beats them up again. That's the thing. Like Even in the Christopher Nolan Listen, movies, like, there's, there's very little resolution with the villains. None. I would, ag- I would agree... That Batman's a little overrated. Just tell I mean, me. the Christopher, the Christopher Nolan movies. It, I'll stand behind those. Think about it. We've seen billions. We've seen billionaires do some worse shit. I mean, we have a billionaire as president right now, which I'm not going to get into. But let's just say Batman or Bruce Wayne was doing a better job with his billions than this guy is. So I'm all in for Batman being a crazy ass billionaire. You know, billionaires don't have any struggles in life. Yeah, and I want Bruce Wayne's billionaire struggle to be fighting crime. I'm alright with that. Like it's, shouts, it's shouts to kinda, Bruce Wayne. I, I shouts, can't really like, ride. I, with... I can't. Yeah, I can't. I can't really say he's a true superhero though. That's the, that's what I'm getting at. Him and Iron but, Man too. Iron Man yeah. is white oh, privilege as well. First of all, yes. Iron Man's a piece of shit. Like, come on. Like, you built a suit. Congratulations. You fly rockets now. But what's but different Batman, about that? No, no. Batman's the same. Because thing. Batman. You can't. Because Batman. No, listen. <laughs> Batman is an incredibly skilled human being. Like so, he's not he doesn't have superpowers. You think it's easy to fly that Iron Man suit? Bro, yeah, put me in an Iron Man suit, bro. Give me like 2 days. I'm going to learn that shit. Nah, like, I don't he's, Batman's not. Right, there's different levels to that. There's Batman down here and then there's Iron Man. Like Iron Man is is, is fighting cosmic 
aliens, and then Batman's oh, running I, I behind, still, dipping and ducking. He had. No I still put big, Batman and, and, above Iron Man. Dipping and ducking. And ba- oh, listen, and, and, and Batman versus Superman, <laughs> Doomsday was wrecking shit. And he kind of just snuck off with a shotgun because he had no business being a superhero in the first place. Let Wonder first Woman all, and Superman really handle that things. Mo- that movie killed Batman for me, by the way. The, like, well, I, that's the other that problem. Destroyed yeah, Batman. it was terrible. That's the other problem. Because you can't do much with a, a non-superhero. That's the other problem is there's like 15 different Batmans, too. Yeah. It's, I mean, yo, if Christian – listen, if Christian Bale was Batman versus, in Batman versus Superman – I think we're talking a little bit different right now about Batman. I mean, like I said, I love the Christopher Nolan Batman movies, but Batman is a superhero is 100% white privilege, and I can't stand behind it. Yeah, but like... Even if we're talking Christian Bale, listen, he got his back broken, and for half the movie he was in a hole crying about his life when Bane beat beat him up. (laughs) Bro, he got out of that hole. That is such a symbolic... I'm taking karate lessons. I'm Batman, literally... Anybody can, do his, a, anybody can do his job. Everybody listen, can't be that Superman. Is, that is such a symbolic... First of all, Superman's lame AF. Let's just talk about it. First of all, you crash on an alien planet, and, you know, you you become the strongest person on that planet, even though, you know, if your other planet was still alive, you'd just be a normal person. You wouldn't be anything cool. <laughs> then you land on this planet. You're not even smart enough to think of a disguise that you just throw fucking glasses on. <laughs> Like, you know how much that frustrates me? He's all bronze, it's like, no brain. It's like, yo, like, imagine Clark Kent at dinner, and, like, it's, like, a steamy food, and then he has to, like, take it off and wipe it. They're like, holy shit, <laughs> Superman! <laughs> like, what? Like, throw... Okay, you got a point throw, there. Throw a freaking thick mustache on it or something, at least. Give me something other also, than glasses. <laughs> how do they find out that his weakness is kryptonite? Because if that's your one thing, like, you would guard that. You would never let anyone know that. I want to know how, like, that was figured out, that that was his weakness. Like, because I mean, didn't villain use that against him? At least, he was probably drunk tweeting it. At least his, uh, his <laughs> kryptonite isn't karate like Batman's. <laughs> but Bro, did, listen, did he, he tore his Superman... ACL. He, like, <laughs> you can't tear your Superman... ACL and take days off as a superhero. <laughs> but how is Superman, like... Constantly, not just running shit, with with his how crazy his superpowers are. Like the man could fly, faster than a speeding bullet. Apparently, you know, uh, he can shoot lasers out of his damn eyes. The man can jump and fly and do all this and lift a ton. Yet, like these mans just come up on him and rock him. Like you know, he shouldn't have competition at all. Like it should be no competition for him. Yet lame ass Clark Kent out here, <laughs> being a journalist slash superhero. Like he has some good work. Nah. Did you did you, he has some good did, work. did you see his deep you his do- deep dive into Jaleel Furrow's uh, defensive rebounding ability? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, honestly, I'm gonna talk about my favorite superhero, uh, and this is why I'm probably higher on Batman than you guys are, but it's Nightwing. Yeah, of course. Nightwing yeah, and that's all makes sense. is the most badass. First of all, Nightwing is so badass. Because think about this. He's like Robin. You know, he's Bruce Wayne's little side hoe for a little bit. And then he's like, I'm going to grow up. I'm my own man. You know, I'm going to Kyrie Irving this shit. I don't need you. And I'm going to become my own superhero. See, I can, I can respect his hustle a little bit a little bit more than, than Batman's. I mean, because he's... And plus, like, the man, you know... He's just a guy that can just do flips. Like, you ever see him do flips? 
Just regular. Go look up Nate. Just regular look dudes up out here practicing karate on, on mentally ill. Just doing backflips and shit. <laughs> I'm not gonna so who's lie. Who's your favorite superheroes then? Say what? Who are your favorite superheroes? Oh, just the Hulk and Flash. Wow. The Hulk. Flash. Yeah. The All Hulk. Right. Get I feel out like of here. I'm being judged. <laughs> <laughs> Hold up. Let's talk about the Hulk right now, because you're claiming that Batman. His only thing is white privilege. This mother, this mother, father, <laughs> he freaking accidentally, you know, produces some chemical and, it, you know, he Fs himself up. And now his superpower is that he gets mad. And he's dogging. Are you kidding me? <laughs> but he's dogging everybody's shit, though. Bro, like, uh, like. All right, but explain the flash. Explain the flash. Let's. No, the Flash is cool, yeah, bro. Flash can, is the Flash is cool. Fast. I'm not looking for cool in a superhero. I'm looking for a superhero that can actually do something. He can time travel. He can run fast. fast. Bro, he can okay, run what fast. happened, Josh? What happened, time. Josh? Oh, Flash can run back to the 2001 NBA Finals, change it up so Kobe sprains his ankles. Right, he could do that. That's not a superpower. He could do that. <laughs> That's a superpower. I can't call any favors into Batman. <laughs> There's no time traveling with Batman, that's for sure. All right, Josh, come on. It's probably Green Lantern. What are you? What are you looking for? <laughs> your favorite. Yo, yeah, that is so disrespectful. Your favorite hero. Favorite super. Uh, honestly, it used to be Batman. That's why I'm so distraught right now. Is because I'm in this limbo stage. I'm trying to figure out who my favorite superhero is. I'm really looking forward to Black Panther, though. Yeah, that's a good one. I tried yeah, to read um, the. I tried to read the comic book of Black be... Panther, and it's awful. The um. The Infinity Wars trailer looked dope too. I saw yeah. the new Spider-Man. I thought it was going to be trash. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Hmm. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, check it out. Spider-Man. You know what? Spider-Man gets a lot of shit, but that, he's a cool ass superhero. We've he's also had way ball. too many Spider-Mans. Yeah, I think there's huh? no consistency. Yeah, bring back Tobey Maguire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, emo Tobey was pretty dope. Emo Tobey. Um, Let's talk about Captain America because he's shit. Oh, Captain, Captain America, America is literally just when I hear Captain America, I just think of Donald Trump. He sucks. I think of I think of white supremacy when I yeah think exactly. Ca- that's America. all that that's all that superhero is, is white supremacy. He Bro, sucks. Like, he's like the preppy ass dude, you know that had that got all the girls in high school and just bullied the crap out of people, but everybody thought he was the nicest kid. Yep. This guy sucks. And yeah. Does he really have that many super? Like, what is his superpower? Died. I mean, he just got some some HGH back in 1970 before everybody yeah. else did. And, and he has a shield. He has a shield that he can like throw like a frisbee. Right. I'm not. Like, I'm not impressed. He, he's probably like really good at froth though. The man is a glo- <laughs> he's a he's a glorified he's a glorified Jose Canseco. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, I mean, did you guys see the Wonder Woman movie? By the way. No, I, I really wanted to see it though. It's it's dope, and I'm really excited for this. Even though I'm not excited for it, it, but I really like the Wonder Woman movie. Uh, movie. Yeah, I'm, I feel I'm like Justice League's gonna let me down. I yeah. feel like it is too. I hope I'm excited. I hope they do a. I, I'm guessing they're gonna do a cyborg movie. Yeah, which I, I like a lot because cyborg's a badass. Um, Flash, the Flash one, uh, the storyline is going to be Flashpoint. That's, if you don't know Flashpoint. It should be good. Uh, it's it's a good storyline, but um, it's going to be tough to pull off in a non-animated movie just because there's so much. I don't know. I, I This whole DC thing, 
on uh, movie-wise has been disappointing. A for effort, um, but the execution yeah. just... The TV shows, like, those have been pretty good. Like, yeah. Arrow, um, The Flash is decent. I think uh, they're so corny. Supergirl, too. I mean, Arrow Arrow's definitely the least corniest. I've I haven't seen much of Arrow, but I've seen my brother watches The Flash, so I catch that quite a bit, and I think it's so it's, corny. I mean, I like I watch it, but it's kind of repetitive. Like you, like oh, he doesn't get the bad guy. Let's train him. Now he gets the bad guy. You know. <laughs> yeah. True. Yeah, but any other any other superhero hot takes you guys want to throw out there? Hmm. I feel like I my one, but then my Batman trashing for the day. I'm I'm, I'm full. You're good, huh? You look so much happier now. <laughs> if we're, while we're talking about movies, though, I just saw The Sixth Sense for the first time. What? Yeah. The first time? Yeah, and I also just realized that The Sixth Sense was a play on The Sixth Sense. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. You've been editor for The Sixth Sense. <laughs> you were editor for The Sixth Sense for, like, two years. You just realized that. Yeah. That was, I mean, I never saw the movie, so, like, I didn't even know it existed. Um, that's disturbing news there. You just br- yeah, this is very. <laughs> I, I feel sad now. Yeah, I kind of uh, just so snuck what, it yeah, at the end of the podcast. What were your thoughts, you get, were your thoughts on on uh, on, yeah. on a six cents? Oh, it was mind blown. It was yeah, great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a great movie. It's it's How about, so uh, you good. guys like mob movies? What's that? Mob movies. I don't think I've ever seen a mob movie. Like, what do you mean what? by like, mob? What, movie? Like Godfather or um, Goodfellas? You guys ever seen Goodfellas? No. Nope. Wow. Okay. Well, I didn't know I was doing pods with a how, bunch how of do we, uh How do we all feel about <laughs> Quentin Tarantino? It's hit or miss. Dude, what the? I don't know what to feel about that that guy. He's hit or like, miss. You, you watch Django Unchained, and I just feel like... Django's so good. Django is I mean, good. it's a great movie. No, it's a great movie. It's just like... I was about to say, Jamie Foxx's slander will not be tolerated. Quentin Tarantino directed that. Yeah, uh, he did uh, Hateful Eight too, which is like the same movie. Yeah, and um, I mean I don't know. Like of course you have the classic. Uh, of course I can't remember it now, but Kill Bill, uh, Pulp, no. Pulp Fiction, mm-hmm. Pulp Fiction. Why? Yes, I did not like that. Movie. I love that movie. Very hard to follow. What? Kill Bill it was or good. Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction. I've never seen Kill Bill. I love uh, Pulp Fiction. Um, who's who's the guy in the beginning? Marvin. You shot Marvin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a throwback. Yeah. I mean, yeah, so I think that we could wrap this up, huh? Yeah. You think people are tired of listening to us? I doubt it. We haven't given me content in like a month. <laughs> one day one day we'll give you guys a marathon. A month a month straight. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, let's wrap it up. Again, we wanna we wanna thank Terry uh Sean Rogers at Terry Green uh for our, our new look. Um, we're very happy about it. Uh, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at We Talking About Pod. Subscribe to us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Uh, follow Darian at Darian Hoops, Josh at Josh Wilson FS, uh, and me at Georgie the Greek. Uh, see you guys later. Hopefully, we'll be back soon. If not, make sure you scream at us on Twitter to motivate us. So yeah, we'll, do. we'll see you guys soon. Take care. All right. Peace.